As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Today's podcast is presented in part by the Moser Great American Bracket Race and Dream Team Challenge. Memorial Day weekend, Rick Cummings and Galen Rollison will host the inaugural Great American $20,000 Bracket Race and Scoggin Dickey Dream Team Challenge at Memphis International Raceway. Check them out on Facebook to stay up to date with all updates and news. In addition, today's podcast is brought to you in part by This Is Bracket Racing Elite. If you're an open-minded racer with a desire to improve on the track, This Is Bracket Racing Elite can provide the tools to help you do so. Hello everyone and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in sportsman drag racing and the stars within it. This week on What Everyone is Talking About. Big Jed, it, it's April. It's not March anymore. Yeah, that's true. April Fools and Easter are behind us. So is the NCAA tournament. And for those listeners that we have beat over the head with this that are tired of it, last episode, we promise. (laughs) But Villanova is the national champion. That means what about me, guy? National champion. And we didn't think that it was possible for PJ North to one-up what he put together last week. He said the bar (laughs) pretty high. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think he might have done it. Without yeah, further awesome. ado, here's, here's PJ's take on Villanova's national championship and what about me, guy? Man, I just won the biggest race of my career. Man, that's great and all, but what about me? Man, I won the run for the money. I was like third place in best losing package. I went 18 total like six times. I got down to 56 cars. I was making it look, what about me? Now, I, I didn't get the big 
checking on, but, but what about me? We here at the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed would like to give a big congratulations to the 2018 March Madness Bad Team Bracket Champions, Villanova and What About Me Guy. So, for all of those What About Me guys out there, this is your year. Drink it in. Oh, he's something else. That guy's good. (laughs) I have a feeling we might get a letter for copyright infringement from the one shining moment, folks. I doubt that because nobody listens to this podcast to begin with. But, and you know, Luke, it, it. no offense to PJ, but it, it, it almost feels like he's been what about me guy before. I mean, <laughs> he does it so well. That's awesome. <laughs> he is kind of a natural. Yeah, he is that. good. Now, guys, uh, to our listeners, I know that the perception out there is that the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast is a pretty small time deal. You probably picture Jed sitting in a, in a spare bedroom in Alabama. With his headset on, me doing the same in Illinois and just Mark tying it all together and making us look good. You'd think that we're a real low budget thing. We've got connections, Big Jed. People don't realize that. Oh, I have no idea. I mean, we are well connected. Uh, Yeah, all that stuff they pictured is true, but uh, we're still well connected. Yeah, we rarely put that on display, but this is one of those instances. Mark, I think we've actually got some audio here from the Michigan Wolverine press conference following the national championship game. Can we cut to that? Now taking questions for the Michigan representatives, please state your name and publication. Yeah, coach, this is uh, Joe Smith from dragrace.org. First off, uh, congratulations on a great season. Um, did you feel like you guys were, were overwhelmed, overmatched maybe in, in the final round? Oh, not really, Joe. You know, uh, they just got the best of us. You know, my car was perfect all day. You know, the the car only moved three thou all day. Of course, if you take out the first run where I was about 300 slow, and then the last run I was 400s fast, which got me beat. I had the better car, but uh, unfortunately, just things didn't go our way. Yeah, you said your car was flawless, but I did notice you, know, and you, you did run 400s under in, in the final round. What Did you realize that you were holding for and just weren't able to kill that, or what happened there? You know, you guys, uh, y'all have great questions, Joe. This is uh, really not the time, but if you need me to explain it, I mean, it was obvious the wind picked up from 4 mile an hour to 5 mile an hour. That extra mile per hour gust really pushed me way under. The car couldn't have been better all day, and it just went four under because of the wind. I hate to make excuses, but it is what it is. So we had our fun there. Thank you guys for (laughs) indulging us. I I guess, Big Jed, the the time has come. We're probably close to... 10 minutes into the podcast. Wait, I guess we could uh, talk about sportsman drag racing a little bit. What do you think? It wouldn't hurt. wouldn't hurt, but I think it'd be a good idea, Luke. We got a fun show today. We're actually going to catch up with Peter Biondo and Kyle Seipel of Spring Fling Million fame as we are 
well, when you guys listen to this, we'll be less than two weeks away from kicking off the third annual Spring Fling Million. So that'll be fun. We'll close up the show as we typically do with the What's on Tap segment. But first, the news of the week. And I think, Jed, we have to start with uh, the bit of news that is not fun to discuss at all. Had a fatality in the sportsman drag racing world over the course, well, since we last recorded. Yeah, look, this is uh, definitely the, the part of this show that we hate the most but it is uh, newsworthy and we have to talk about these things there was a fatality at sonoma raceway uh during a test and tune and a gentleman has uh, has passed as a result of uh, contact with the wall and uh, the subsequent damage that, that came after that and you know as a gentleman had a lot of experience uh, behind the wheel and it's a very bad thing anytime this happens but he said all the safety equipment was intact. The car was deemed safe. It was just one of those unfortunate incidents that happen sometimes in racing. And definitely want to send thoughts and prayers out to everyone affected by that uh, unfortunate incident. Yeah, no doubt. As far as the on-track results that we typically cover on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast, obviously, last weekend was Easter weekend. Not a ton of racing on Easter weekend, but there was one big race. We talked about it last week, is the reschedule of the Southern Big Bucks Nationals down in Bell Rose, Louisiana. So we're going to touch on that, and that actually brings us to this week's Seabird performance. Who's hot? He's on fire! It's time for Who's Hot in Sportsman Drag Racing. Seabird Performance Who's Hot. Seabird Performance is now offering engine and carburetor packages. This week's featured package is the Pro Series Bracket 441 LS Next. It is a 750 horsepower LS-based small block Chevrolet built with reliability and longevity in mind. It has a dart block, trick flow heads, vacuum pump, coil packs, and an optional Seabrook Performance Carburetor is available as a package. Contact Luke Seabrook at 785-286-6813 or check out SeabrookPerformance.com. So, Luke, there were some hot drivers this week. This was a challenge. Yeah, we had, I don't want to call it a heated debate. I don't know that we've ever had a heated debate, Big Jed. Hope we don't. But, no, we could we could make Spirited. There you go. I like that. that that's yeah. perfect. Spirit. <laughs> I think we got to go with Hunter Patton here, though. Hunter Patton, young racer out of Houston, Texas area, that is no stranger to success, has had a lot of success yeah. locally, and then really, I think, put his name on the map nationally at the Million Dollar Race last season. We talked about him then. One of the days prior to the Million was deep, uh, just like put on a show all weekend. Yeah. He did that and then some. And Bell Rose last weekend started off the weekend with a $10,000 Super Pro win on Friday, followed that up Saturday afternoon by winning a $15,000 main event. No problem. Almost ran the table, I believe, in the last race of the of the weekend. He got down to like six cars. So really impressive performance from Hunter yeah. Patton. And, and I don't know... Like I, I know that he went to a, a race in Abilene after the million last year, and he won there too. Like I'm not sure that he's been anywhere in the last like five months that he hasn't nearly run the table. So that hot streak continuing over the off season, pretty impressive for Hunter Patton. Yeah, Hunter's on fire. Congratulations to him, the the Honey Wayne team. There, they getting it done, and he's definitely had a great several month stretch 
And if you take out the off season, what he did the last few races versus obviously getting started early this year, it's uh, even more impressive. Definitely want to give a uh, honorable mention to my bottom bulb hero, a spirit honorable mention spirited i was uh definitely uh, very impressed i know you guys were too but uh cooter hidalgo oh, man there was a friday saturday and sunday three thousand dollar bottom bulb race and actually i guess uh two on saturday and one on friday my fault there but three thousand dollars a win cooter made all three finals which is <laughs> wow i mean it you know it's cooter so you, you're not completely blown away but it's right. still very impressive no that's the thing like you kind of take this for granted because it is jimmy hidalgo jr it is cooter like i just expect him to win so not to take anything away from it, it's super impressive uh two wins and a runner-up almost ran the table with a clean sweep i'm gonna say this is bad to say. If he gets the clean sweep, he's probably this week's who's hot. But it's definitely a spirited honorable mention. Shout out to Cooter. Shout out Corey Galetti was the winner of the $15,000 shootout. I believe that was Friday night. It was a 64 car race. I wanted to mention that, A, because that's a huge person. It's worthy of mentioning. B, because I gave Corey a little bit of a hard time last week on the show because he was unable to defeat his father in the final. And Corey Collier was. So it kind of poked fun at that so i don't know <laughs> if Corey even heard that if i'm giving myself too much credit if that was a little bit of you know motivation for the week we'll take credit for that <laughs> yeah. but uh but congratulations Corey gladi fifteen thousand dollar shootout final over shannon walker and the note here says no split final mm. that's notable i don't uh i assume that's true i don't know the story behind that i don't even know what the runner-up purse was but that's yeah, all the more impressive to get I would say your biggest win of your career to this point and uh no split nice not too bad at all and the glitties have started out the year very well so i'm sure that momentum will continue on so great what, job cg what how big of a final have you run no split big jet oh no split uh probably my biggest no split is 2500 maybe two grand i mean i'm a i'm a splitter I've never told anyone no. I've been told no quite a few times, and <laughs> usually works out okay. But if somebody asks, I split. So I'd say two thousand twenty five hundred. I what about uh, you? same same largely. Uh, I mean, same in terms of I can count on one hand the quote unquote big finals that I've been in that weren't split. Like splitting is definitely more the norm, and I have a hard time telling anyone no. I have argued with people when they want to split even because I'm like, why yeah. would I stage? You know what I mean? I, I definitely have had conversations about what exactly to race for, but I have a hard time just saying, no, man, we're just racing it up. There have been a couple occasions where I did that, typically based on something that bothered me earlier in the day. Hmm. So that's happened. I, I remember distinctly winning a five grand or no split at Huntsville, and I made an awful run on the final and got away with it. So, you know, like after I kind of ran my mouth, I did not back it up at all. It just worked out. So that was cool. Uh, <laughs> on the flip side, I lost a $10,000 to win no split final in my youth. This was at Norwalk at the 10 Grand Nationals, like 600 cars. I was actually running Randy Schuer in the final. We know Randy. We've talked about him, a buddy at APD. Mm -hmm. I didn't know him at the time. I had no clue who he was. And uh, this was like 11th round at 4 in the morning. 
whatever. It was one of the first times that I had really traveled and I had just kind of mowed through that day. Like nobody made a good run beside me. And in my whatever, this is probably a long time ago. I'm probably 19, 20 years old. So in my uh, ignorance and full of myselfness at that time, I'm like, man, these guys up here aren't very good. You know what I mean? Like I just ran the right (laughs) thing, guys. And um, Mike Fuquay was actually helping me out. And he said, uh, I think you should win. I I think you should get all of it. I'm like, well, if he don't ask to split, I ain't going to ask to split. And uh, at that time, Randy was much the same. I was like, he may have told me to, to get lost if I had asked to split. But neither one of us asked, and we just hopped in our cars and went. And um, I don't think that it was as much a result of not splitting as it was maybe, like, I'll just blame it on the fact that it was like 4.30 in the morning. But I staged and let go on nothing and set the button back Mm. in, like, as the tree was coming on and had no idea what I was. And we left the starting line, and I first thought, I have a chance because it turned green. And then I quickly realized, because it was like a tenth spot when I was a car and a half behind at 60 foot, that it probably wasn't going to work out for me. <laughs> and uh, so Randy won that one, $10,000. I believe I get two grand for runner-up. And I haven't failed to split a race of that magnitude since. <laughs> <laughs> well, nothing wrong with a good split. Everybody gets a little something out of it. But uh, nothing wrong with running. As I heard you say one time, nothing wrong with running for the advertised purse either. So... To each his own. But uh, speaking of uh, a lot of things being on the line in a race, Luke, there was a uh, a bit of a grudge race that played out there at No Problem. Yeah, yeah. Round one of the the highly anticipated Cummings-Ezel matchup. I saw the time slip. Is there more to the story, Jed? Do you know any more of the story? I, I think that told it all. I, there wasn't quite as much talk afterward as there was prior, but uh, they that. they did just run one race. Uh, I think Britt went deep in the program on Saturday, uh, one of the races, and just didn't work out where they could get hooked back up and, and make it make sense without interrupting the race. So uh, I think they just did one round here, and they're going to continue it obviously a great decision for promotional purposes at uh <laughs> at the uh dream team challenge i think so yeah now i mean what johnny was like 14 take two to be dead on something right Britt was a little late and a couple yeah, of nine, i believe yeah. yeah looked really good on paper i don't know the story like obviously Britt was racing throughout the weekend like i assume johnny just didn't come into that round cold like he did he get to go down the track do you know i do not know the answer to that I don't either. Just for the sake of the story, we'll just say, no, he just rolled it out of the trailer and rolled up there and whooped his butt. I I have no idea if that's true. But regardless, Ezel won. Cummings, zero. Round two coming, what, in a month and a half? Yeah, something like that. So uh, looking forward to seeing that. We'll be there. We'll get to watch that one play out live. I'm sticking to my story that this isn't going to be a a clean sweep. Like, I got a lot of faith in Britt. I I realize that if this is Vegas odds... Johnny is the favorite in Brit's defense. Like I say, it's defense. He, he picked the parameters of this, right? Like he's the one that called him out. Yeah. If I was Brit, like I would lobby for one or two of these to be like where they both have to dial eight ninety. Cause obviously Brit can do anything, but this is in Johnny's wheelhouse, but that's where he called him out. So is what it is, right? Yeah, it is what it is. But, uh, <laughs> hopefully the old man, I, I love Brit, but he's going to need to make a better run. And he made in round number one. So hopefully that happens. And, those guys put on a great show for us at, at the Dream Team Challenge. But 
All in all, the main thing, main focus here is congratulations, Hunter Patton, for being the Seabrook Performance Who's Hot, and our man Kuda, Kuda Hidalgo, for his honorable mention. Great performances, guys. Go ahead and shout out your bottom old guy. You know you want to. Get Robbie Mullins in there. Shout out to my man, Robbie Mullins. I got the $2,500 bottom bub shootout win over Adam White. And Robbie coming right off of that 15K win and being in JJ's top five in the bottom bub uh, action there last show. So great job, Robbie. Keep it up, bud. All right, Jed. I, I just got this come over the wire here on the show notes on our official correspondence page. If I'm not mistaken, Mark, just come in. I, I think we've got some more footage. This is from earlier in the week. This is from the Loyola press conference after their semifinal defeat. Can we cut to that? Now taking questions for the Loyola representatives, please state name and publication. Coach, bend over from fastashell.com. You know, you guys had a great season. But you come up a little short there on a great run. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, thank you, Ben, for the comments there. It's been a heck of a ride. And um, we got nothing to hang our heads about. We uh, advanced to the, the semifinal round. And to be completely honest, I mean, we lost to what, in my opinion, is, is the, the best racer in the country. And, uh, you know, obviously a, a national finalist. Let's put this like it is. They had to go through us to get there. You know what I mean? The the national finalists did have to to beat us. We were as capable of anybody as anybody of uh, of being in that final and, and winning this championship. Coach, uh, not to state the obvious, but you lost in the semifinals, and your opponent come up short in the final, where they had to to get to compete because they beat you in the semis. So you didn't actually lose to the winner. Yeah, like I said, we, we lost to the best racer in the country, Ben. There's no question about that. And they may have had an off run in the final. Can't nobody be perfect all the time. But I, I feel like we you know, we played as well as anybody. And let's be honest. I mean, they, they did have to go through us to get there, whether that was second round or the semifinal round. Break that down for you. Yeah. So I guess to sum it up, you feel great about losing to who you lost to. Well, I just don't think we could do anything with them. I, I think there's, without question, the best racer here. You know what I mean? We just, uh, wrong place at the wrong time. Thanks, Coach. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. To make sure that you're the first to know when next week's episode is available, subscribe. And, and, and you can do that on Google Play. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that wherever you are accessing our show today. Just subscribe. That way that you know that you have got the latest edition of the podcast. You'll be the first to know. And do us a favor. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get your track involved by broadcasting portions of the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast over the PA on race day. Memorial Day weekend, Memphis International Raceway will play host to the Great American $20,000 Bracket Race and Dream Team Challenge. This event will have something for everyone. It's boasting payouts of 10000 on Friday, 20000 on Sunday, and 10000 on Monday on the box side, while the foot brake contingent will race for $5,000 Friday, $10,000 Sunday, and $5,000 on Monday for the low entry of only $200. Saturday will feature the first ever Dream Team Challenge. This race will consist of 32 teams of box racers, 32 teams of no-box racers, and 16 junior teams. They will battle it out to find out who has assembled the ultimate dream team. They are still taking alternates if you'd like to get on the list. Even if you're not competing in the dream team race, there is plenty to be excited for 
with big money on Friday, Sunday, and Monday. Check out the Great American Bracket Race Facebook page for complete details. You want to make it in a song to do the Justin Lamb. Win a bunch of races and you do it with the fam. You do the Kevin Brandon, lay the smack across the land. Then you do the L-Ride and you come out like the world champ. You've been waiting all winter long. It's time for the big interview on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. All right, guys, as promised, we are joined now by two guys that we think a lot of and uh, definitely very successful drag racers themselves, but I guess most recently being known for promoting the premier bracket race series, Spring Fling and Fall Fling from coast to coast, and definitely the guys that are about to bring you the Spring Fling Million. Great to have Peter Biondo and Kyle Seipel joining us tonight, guys. How you doing? Doing great, Jared, and uh, I'm glad you gave us a call and gave us the option of being on. We, we really like the podcast. I've been enjoying it a lot lately. You guys are doing great for the sport. Well, we appreciate that very much. Uh, I know you're just saying that because we brought you on the show, Peter, but we appreciate it nonetheless. Um, <laughs> what about you, Kyle? How you doing? Doing great. Appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, I could wholeheartedly say that I never, never miss a show. It comes up uh, every Wednesday. I try to play it as soon as uh, it comes available and you guys do a great job and i hear that from plenty of racers coast to coast too so thank you very much for having me well sound like you need something else to do in your life kyle uh but thank you for listening bud <laughs> we appreciate it very much uh, <laughs> uh kyle uh, we led the show uh talking about a very unfortunate incident at sonoma the track that you now manage what can you tell us about that incident, you know, what happened and from your perspective as a racer and as the track operator? Yeah, uh, I'd be more than glad to, guys. Basically, uh, last Wednesday night, we run a grudge series, which has been in existence for 30 years over at Sonoma Raceway. And uh, we had a, a driver, uh, Ken Rambo, a local driver, had a mid-10-second pino. Him and his family owned for over 30 years. His son and his grandson, uh, it's, a, it's a family team, just like all of us can relate to. Uh, Ken was 75 years old and lost control slightly right past the finish line and made contact uh, with the, uh, the K-Wall and uh, unfortunately didn't make it with us. Yeah, that's, you know, just one of those things that, that you hate to talk about, hate to see in racing. But from everything I've read, Kyle, uh, and I talked about it earlier when we uh, led the show with it, that all the safety equipment was intact. The car was deemed safe. Everything was as it should have been. It was just an unfortunate incident that happens when you drag race. Yeah, you're 100% right. You know, it, the four of us uh, do this all the time, and this is an inherently dangerous sport that we kind of take for granted, quite honestly. It, uh, when something like this happens, it really hits home. I mean, uh, you're talking a 10-second uh, car that, uh, like I say, the four of us kind of take for granted that there is any, any type of danger involved, but you're, you're 100% right. I mean, he had all the correct safety equipment on, and uh, everything uh, was in order from our side. It's just... Uh, yeah, unfortunate uh, scenario, that's for sure. Yeah, most definitely. So let's talk about something now that's a little bit more fun to talk about, and that is the Spring Fling Million. It's less than two weeks away, guys. I know some things are new for 2018. Obviously, the track is now four wide. You've increased your purse to the largest guaranteed purse in racing. Tell us a little bit about what's coming up in a couple of weeks. 
You guys don't have to argue over who's going to talk. Yeah. Okay. One my, my turn. My turn. All right. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> well, I'm still I'm still starstruck because this is the only the only way I think I can get Jared to call me or pick up the phone. He's such a celebrity these days. So I'm a little Whatever, bit starstruck, man. but uh, no, we're really you know it doesn't feel like the events coming up because of all the crappy weather we've been having on the East Coast. It just feels like it's still in the dead of winter over here. But uh, in my wife and I are flying out in less than two weeks, and we'll be at the Spring Fling Million. We're really excited about it. It's this is something that Kyle and I and my wife. Emily are all in the thick of things for the last couple of months and preparing for it, and and it's here, and we're uh, we're pumped up about it. We're super excited, you know. Uh, Peter and I try to game plan it as much as we can towards the end of the year. That what, what we try to forecast for the following year. And I flew out to Peter's house about the end of actually the first part of January. And anyways, uh, time frame doesn't really matter. But we decided that for 2018. We wanted to really give the million dollar race in Vegas a strong pop. And Peter suggested, you know, why don't we guarantee $200,000? I thought it was a great idea. And, uh, you know, it's uh, basically the highest paying drag race in uh, 2018. So we're super excited about that. Any type of professional race, any type of uh, no prep race. So, you know, we're, we're guaranteeing $200,000 regardless if we get 30 cars or, or uh 200 cars so you know uh yeah. that alone uh being able to guarantee that type of person on the west coast in uh essentially in the middle of nowhere in the desert makes us very very proud that's for sure to that point kyle obviously you're accurate in stating that you guys have the largest guaranteed purse in all of drag racing in 2018 but stating something that is seemingly obvious created a little bit of a stir on facebook did it not <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're 100% right. Uh, our buddy, the duck there, Donald Long, uh, had a post on his own personal page, which uh, he seems to have, uh, you know, five to ten posts daily on Facebook, it looks like. But uh, nonetheless, uh, he made a post that uh, his uh, no prep race, $101,000 to win, which is, I think you guys have touched on in the past, is actually winner take all. There's no type of round money whatsoever. But he had made a post that uh, expressed that he had one of the highest paying races and good friend of mine uh, and Peter's for that matter, actually probably of the whole podcast, Sean Langdon uh, took it upon himself to say, well, duck, you're actually getting warm, but the spring fling million pays $200,000 to win regardless of car count. So you guys are actually warming up. You guys, you guys, uh, you guys might get there someday type of deal. And uh, he kind of, he kind of took that as a, a slap in the face and, and uh, I'm sure Sean didn't that, mean it that way. yeah yeah exactly exactly right but uh, yeah yeah i'm sure he didn't exactly but uh duck is uh very very good at promotion and uh anything that i think he could actually sink his teeth into and promote his series he's going to do and uh you guys can see from the aftermath uh he he just basically took it upon himself that it was uh, his group he had the $101,000 to race Sweet 16 at South Georgia. He took his racers and kind of put them against the whole bracket racing clientele coast to coast. And I, I don't think he realized how big of following bracket racing has. because You don't see him back up on his words much, but I think that after he made a couple of posts there, the first uh, 12 hours, he uh, came back and said that uh, he was sorry about uh, offending the bracket race community. And I kind of found, <laughs> found it funny because he has some bracket classes of his own most at at most of his events, so I wasn't really sure what he was trying to get across, but uh, that was kind of fun, the the uh, words going back and forth, exactly. 
from my vantage point, guys, I, I was uh, I didn't even realize this was going on until about 400 posts and 600 shares later. <laughs> and, and I see my buddy there defending us. And, and it was pretty cool because I saw a lot of the bracket racing world defending us and saying, well, I mean, a lot of guys just put it like this. Well, 200,000 is greater than 101,000 and just left it at that. But well, and, and then I text Kyle. I said, who is this duck guy? Because I really didn't know who he was. But then I realized he has it going on when it comes to what he's doing. And he's the cream of the crop, I guess, in his uh, in, in that world of, of what he does down in South Georgia and lights out. But uh, so after I watched his video, I realized what he was doing. And he was duck was just getting a lot of promotion out of it. And I guess I guess that's what he's good at. But because some of the stuff just didn't add up, <laughs> a lot of the stuff, what he said, just didn't add up. But it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, he had a pay-per-view that was $10 to watch his racer, $9.99, and I promise you some bracket racers bought it that wasn't going to buy it just as a result of all that. So it was mission accomplished for him, but nonetheless, we're not going to let anybody tear down premier bracket races, and I'm thankful for all the people that came and defended you guys and any bracket racers or bracket race promoters, and so everybody out there that took some time to do that was awesome. But just real quickly back to the spring fling million and what's going to happen in a couple of weeks. Uh, I know Kyle, you talked about the 200,000 guarantee, but Peter, that's not uh, the only increase in purse that, that you guys have for that event. No. And, and the way this all came about when Kyle visited me guys was uh, we were getting a few calls, especially guys like Kyle mentioned Vegas, you have to travel pretty far from a lot of, from most racers houses. Let's just put it that way. It's not like a Bristol, uh, where there's there's a ton of racers in a 200 mile radius, so we were getting a lot of calls, and Kevin Brandon was one of them. He's you know he says what well, you have to make that race a little bit more enticing to travel to, and and uh, we took that, and and that was what gave us the uh, idea to make it 200,000 guaranteed for the big day, and and obviously obviously everyone knows it goes up from that. My goal is to get it uh, short term goal in the next couple of years. I like to get it to hit 400 cars where it pays 500,000. I think that'll be a pretty good statement there and really life-changing money. But Jared, to answer your question, we raised from $20,000 for the surrounding races to $30,000 just to sweeten the pot up for the three out of the four days that are that are the non-million days. Yeah. I haven't really kept up with it at all. What are you guys looking at as far as, I know you had a pre-entry program, like how many people are already committed? Actually, funny you mentioned, I actually have it right in front of me. You have... Uh, over 270 that are pre-entered for the three days. And keep in mind, guys, that for this West Coast model, pre-entry is not mandatory. Uh, right. We give some incentives. If you're a pre-enter, that, that you have a chance at winning one of two uh, million-dollar uh, entries for free. That's kind of uh, a way that Peter and I give back to the racers. But the West Coast event we have here in Vegas, pre-entry is not mandatory uh, as opposed to Galat or Bristol because it's a whole different business model. We're, we're trying to get as uh, many racers there because – the more racers on the million dollar race, the more money that they can potentially win. But, but that being said, we're, we're a little over 270 on, on the three day entries. We have uh, 120 that have already prepaid for the million dollar race. And we have four open spots in the uh, pro 38, which is uh, most of your uh, viewers probably realize, but the pro 38 is a completely separate class, bottom bolt class only that has their own buy runs and, has their own winner and then that winner advances uh, into the main event all four days and uh in, in, in 2017 uh, the drivers had some great success there so uh, uh we have four spots open there and uh we're really really excited with these numbers we, we think it might be our 
our our biggest million dollar event uh, to date. Yeah, that's where I was going to go with that. Like in comparison to this time last year, are those numbers up or comparable, or do you have that info? Yeah, we're about fifteen percent above last year. So in, nice. in last year we had. Yeah, we had 400 cars on the the three non-million dollar days and uh, 230 on the million dollar day that some guy from Illinois got lucky enough to win. Yeah. So right, yeah. so right now Luke's doing in his head 230,000 plus 15 because <laughs> that's what he that's what the winning check was last year. Knowing Luke, yeah. well, we like knowing what yeah, we're racing yeah. for, don't we? Right. I mean, <laughs> we can all speak to that. This weekend, uh, I'd, I've been keeping up, as I'm sure most racers have, with the the progress at Las Vegas Motor Speedway and this transition to a four-lane racetrack. Obviously, this weekend's going to be pretty special out there with their inaugural four-wide event. Any plans for you guys, like, specific to this year, I guess, and maybe in the future? Like, will we be utilizing all four lanes at all, or will we just race down two like we have in the past? Well, I, I've actually been getting, surprisingly, a lot of calls from bracket racers that are asking that exact same question, Luke. And, you know, I, I try to feel them out as I'm speaking with them just to get an idea on what, if the bracket racers would want that or not want that. Uh, and I'm getting a lot of mixed opinions. In the short term, I, I, we'd have to definitely talk to Foster and, and Bob from CompuLink and see what's possible with that, because uh, bracket racing with the staggered tree, four lanes and, and whatnot. But uh, I think it could bring some excitement, and uh, in, not in the near future, but possibly down the road, we could uh, maybe play with that in a shootout if LVMS lets us do it and uh, and see how it goes and probably not change the whole event over right away, but at least toy with it and sample it and see how it goes. Yeah, interesting stuff. I can't really imagine. Like I've never even raced at Charlotte, so I would imagine like there would be a distraction factor to deal with but it's nice i guess i don't know what would prompt this but i guess it would be nice knowing that you had the extra two lanes of something catastrophic happened and you couldn't race down one lane of the racetrack you know something crazy like it's a nice backup plan if nothing else i would assume yeah and and bracket racing is and my gut feeling is for the long run though we could have some fun with it but bracket racing is it's one guy and another guy watching each other on the way down the track finish line driving and there's a lot of strategy involved. I think if you, the, the way I was thinking of trying a shootout at some point would be four lanes at the same time with dialings and everything, which would basically be a package racing. And I personally, I don't think that's what bracket racing is about. So, uh, I mean, I, I'd like to at least think about, have some visions of trying some kind of shootout just to change things up a little bit, but I don't see our, our whole event changing to that. But like you said, Luke, it is good to have, if something happens, it's good to have two prep lanes getting you know ready to go right next to it if, if need be hey wait a second wait a second man you're peter biondo like you can't tell me you couldn't drop the guy in lane one while you rolled through the guy in lane three i think <laughs> well, you can pull it off <laughs> I, I would need a cu- couple extra eyeballs but uh <laughs> it, would it would be it would be cool and interesting bracket racing is meant is meant uh i mean for what we do judging the stripe and everything i think that would change it up quite a bit so Kyle, we'll go I back was kind of thinking that, uh, yeah, let me throw in one more thing there, Jared. I, this is kind of funny, but I was thinking it would be door cars only, and there'd be two people in the car, driver and passenger. <laughs> but, you know, that way they could both look at their opponent and they could make it like a, you know, they have those rallies where you have one guy's a navigator, like he points his hand. I'm actually pointing right now, like forward, forward, <laughs> left, left, right, right, you know, and then <laughs> he's telling the driver what to do. Anyways, uh, I'm just, what if we did it with ahead. driver's ed cars where you had a brake pedal on the passenger side? 
Yeah, oh, I mean, if we're going to switch it up, let's just really switch it up a little bit. Kyle, could you imagine riding with me and how badly we would cuss each other from the finish line to the turnoff? Would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see that. <laughs> so I would love Kyle, to have an in-car camera shot for that one. <laughs> Kyle, obviously, you know, you guys are, are a few years in now to the to Spring Fling Million. You have contributed heavily to raising the stakes on the bracket racing landscape and what is available for bracket racers coast to coast. Tell us a little bit about building your brand, the spring fling and now fall fling brand. I was there. Um, the first event had several weather challenges and didn't go as planned. And then, you know, you're eight, nine years, whatever, into it. You got three of the biggest and most recognized races on the, the bracket racing landscape. Tell us a little bit about what you guys have done to build your brand and create what you've done. Well, first and foremost, we've been very, very fortunate. I mean, like you say, the the first event we had, what was it, Pete, 160 cars, 170 cars, uh, well, I you forget know, the, the car. My mind goes to how hard we worked and how much money we lost. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. that that I remember, yeah. and I know we. I, I know I, after we left, I I turned to you and I said, uh, "I've never worked so damn hard in my life and lost so much money at the same time." That's what I remember. Uh, it's yeah, funny yeah. now. It was. And, and it, yeah, exactly. And going back to that that first event, I'll never forget. We were we're cutting down the banners, and you know. I'm thinking we're going to save them for the next event. And he turns to me and says, well, we probably won't, won't we'll never need these banners. <laughs> that wasn't a very good sign. <laughs> uh, but, no. you know, it's basically uh, an American dream story. When you really, if you, if you look at it from my perspective, I mean, you got two guys, two best of friends from left coast and right coast meet up in, in Bristol, Tennessee. And the first event doesn't go nearly to plan. And like Peter said, we put a lot of effort into it, and uh, we didn't think it was going to be easy. Don't, don't get me wrong, but we certainly didn't think we were going to be in the red as much as we were. And so you take the next four to six weeks after that, and we're contemplating if we're even going to try this again. And then racers started being very receptive. You know, what a great time they had, and you guys should do this again. And here we are nine years later, and we, like you say, we have three huge, huge bracket races. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's it's been great. And it, it we basically are very passionate about bracket racing. It's uh, my dad started bracket racing in 1977, and, and you know, uh, basically bracket racing at at our dinner table was like the Super Bowl. That's all we ever really talked about. Uh, I don't know if that's a good analogy or not, but basically uh, the ET finals for us. I mean, that was the uh, U.S. Nationals every year out, out in Bakersfield. And Peter is very similar. I mean, his his dad was a very prominent division one racer and that's all peter really knew growing up with his with his brother and sister and and uh you take two passionate people uh, from from each coast and you know we just keep grinding grinding and grinding to try to try to make our events better and better and and you know uh peter took a leap of faith in myself basically year three he says listen i want you to work on these events full time and if for whatever reason they're not profitable i'll, I'll make sure that you can make ends meet that was a huge leap of faith uh, in myself and didn't really put any, uh, you know, some people think it was pressure, but uh, it was actually the opposite of like, wow, this guy has, has a lot of faith in myself. So we're going to make this happen long-term. And here we are, uh, you know, working, like you said, we got, we have three events and it's what I do full-time. And the, 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 the job at Sonoma is, is a part-time gig. And 
lucky enough to get uh, Emily and Peter's blessing to do that. But uh, yeah, super, it, you know, if it's a storybook uh, ending for myself or, or it's something that movies have made out of it, let's just say. Yeah, you know, you talk about building your brand and your tagline is race it, experience it. And I'm not here to blow smoke up either of your skirts because I don't like either one of you that much. But it's uh, being behind the scenes, <laughs> I've seen it play out so many times where the tough decisions always have the racer's interest and the true experience in mind first before you count money one way or the other. And I think that has contributed heavily to building the brand that you've built and sticking to your tagline. And I I think that's inevitably one of the, the reasons you're successful now and going to continue to be. Yeah, th- thanks, Jared. Then uh, it was January 1st, as um, as you guys are talking, I'm thinking back when we came up with this. It was January 1st, 2010, and we were on a Lake Tahoe vacation with the families, and that was January, and in April is when we kicked off the first spring fling in Bristol. So, I mean, it was kind of crazy three or four months into it, into the planning to just launch it like that, but as I'm thinking back, we had 10 pages of notes that January 1st, that New Year's Day, that Kyle and I just scribbled scrap sheets of paper and every bit of those notes as I think back was what would we want as a racer walking in, getting coming into the gate at a big bug bracket race? And we just kept going back to that. And that's really what we built it on. And uh, one of the things we built it on is exactly what you said, the experience. We kept going back to, well, it's nice to have the top prize be big. It's nice race everybody wants to race for big money on top everyone wants good round money blah 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 but what about the the large percentage of people that don't win money or or for that matter uh go home with less money than they came from than they came with so how do we put a smile on their face and that biggest thing that i could say that drives me to continue to do this is not when a guy collects a big check but when a guy comes to us after the race says you know i didn't win a damn dime and I had the most fun I ever had at a race. And, and uh, yeah. that's what drives me. Yeah, that is cool. And that is something you guys have definitely cultivated. Where you have gone with this series of events over the last eight years, as you guys explained, is nothing short of remarkable. But in that eight-year span, not only have your events and your series grown, the landscape of sportsman drag racing, and particularly big dollar bracket racing, has changed pretty significantly there was a time when there was the million dollar race there was maybe a handful of 50 granders spread out throughout the season and you could count them on one hand the races that paid that much now they're every other weekend or in some cases every weekend to that point like next weekend is the the powerball event in darlington that'll pay well over a hundred thousand dollars and then followed immediately by the spring fling million and that's obviously months in advance of the million dollar race in October, like, and in between there's 50 granders, there's hundred granders, there's all kinds of stuff completely different than what it was even five, six, seven, eight years ago. I guess I'm interested in knowing, obviously you guys know your place in that and you've been a, a big part of it. What do you think the future brings? Like, where do you see this going? I guess is my, is my question. Well, and, in, in, uh, I'll start with saying, and it's a great year to be a racer. <laughs> no question, right? That's for sure. And and I remember, guys, I'm a racer before I ever, I was uh, any kind of promoter or anything to do with the spring fling. I'm a racer, so uh, it, it's a great year to be a racer. The racers have a lot of options. There's a lot of good, great options out there. 
so I, I think it's great. I think it's great for uh, it's great for a lot of businesses. It's it's going to um, more options to put people to keep people going to the races is good for a lot of reasons. And uh, where I see it going, it's uh, kind of like uh, you know real estate. They have what they call a, a buyer's market or a seller's market. Well, right now, it's a racer's market. And um, you know, is there enough? Are there enough racers to uh, that all these with that all these events can withstand? Uh, probably not. So uh, some of the events may not be able to withstand it. Uh, I hope, you know, Kyle and I try really hard, and, and we tried hard for nine years. Next year is going to be our 10th year to build a strong foundation where we're not one of those races, races that go away. And But, uh, you know, sooner or later, something's got to give. Kyle? Yeah, he Peter took my line on the uh, the real estate buyer-seller market. It's definitely a... Uh, a racers market right now and uh, just to reiterate, reiterate what peter had said you know we we've, we've been trying to build our foundation for for nine years now and uh, uh we've been very very slow to grow and uh with hopes that that we could we could fine-tune our events to where we could we could uh make them the best events possible and and you know racers look forward to uh to that event and and you know quite honestly hope to choose our events over others so that's that's why one of the reasons why uh, we've only had uh, we've only got up to three events in our, our first nine years of existence uh basically trying to make them the best we can and uh i think that uh, long term wise that was a that was a very good solid move for sure yeah it was a mission accomplished for sure so guys we won't keep you much longer we, we want to start to wrap up here but I, I think obviously kyle if you listen weekly peter i think listens when he can but you guys know that we have a podcast bracket uh, bad beats tied to the NCAA tournament, which obviously Villanova has now won. And what about me guy was the guy that they were representing. He was the bad beat that you've heard probably plenty about. And, um, you know, you, uh, Kyle, I think you offered us a couple of bad beats from the promoter side and which we love, by the way. <laughs> Would love to uh, love to hear either one of you if you've got a story that you can share with us uh, about a bad beat as a promoter. Hey, wh- what about me? <laughs> <laughs> do you have? That's a great. You have, that's uh, a great I was listening. Go ahead, Kyle. I, I think Peter's got one to share, but I, I can can wholeheartedly say when you guys uh, released those "What About Guys," I was. Literally laughing. I was at my uh, office in Pleasanton. I was literally laughing out loud. I mean, I, some of the other employees there were looking at me like, what the heck is going on? But you guys did a fantastic <laughs> job of that. I mean, it, I, I don't know where you came up with them, but it really at home. Like, these, these guys nailed it. But go ahead, Pete. Yeah, I was I was uh, really enjoying the uh, the relation to sports and, and racing and what about me. And, and as you guys were talking and mentioning all the different segments of that i i was actually picturing people in my head because i've been racing for what about 25 years now and i think i pegged a lot of the people that you guys might have had in your mind in there but (laughs) i was really laughing out loud but as you guys were doing it uh i was thinking about myself and and i've had i've had uh quite a few what i call bad beats uh or what about me's or or whatever you want to call it but uh the, the one thing i thought of was uh do you have one that i don't i maybe i didn't catch all the podcasts but what about did that really just happen? What Ooh. about a beat like that? Did that really just happen? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we included that. But <laughs> I, I think, think we had that submission. 
<laughs> okay, well, let, I'm going to start things off with that, and maybe uh, maybe another driver at some point on the podcast uh, can run with it a little bit. For me, as a as a promoter, I had probably the worst bad beat of did that really just happen? And this might be the worst. I don't know if another promoter could top this. So so we're uh, we're having the best spring fling, I think, as far as how smooth the event was going, how happy the racers were. I, there wasn't a an ounce of rain. There was not one oil down, and we had a, a bunch of cars there, but everything was just going about too good to be true. We get to, uh, and Jared, you were there. Uh, Kyle, you were obviously there. Luke, you might remember this. We get to, uh, I believe it was sixth round of the uh, the $20,000 race on Friday night, and uh, a little storm rolled through Bristol, and uh, it got cold, and we stopped racing, dried the track off, and Kyle and I came up with this brilliant idea. <laughs> <laughs> this again, this is did that really just happen? Bad beat. So, uh, and and it really was a good idea. It, in all honesty, it shows. And you know, we're speaking from the heart. When you talk to Kyle and I, we leave all our cards on the table. It was sixth round. There was about you know maybe ten cars left, and they were about to go down a, a track that was sitting for four hours and. You know, these guys are running for big money and they're all amped up to go. But we both came up with the idea of let's put some rubber down the track so that no one has to be the quote unquote first pair. Because usually, you know, no matter what track it is, a lot of times after a rainstorm, the first pair is going to be maybe one or two slow. I'm not saying all the time, but in, in we just were trying to avoid that possibility. So Kyle and I we're going to go down and not race, just just do a long burnout. And uh, and we were being serious about it. We were just going to go down the track and make a lap. And um, we did. Well, he did. (laughs) (laughs) uh, And I was really having, I was just finished telling Emily that day, this is like probably the best race we've ever had as far as how smooth things were going. So I'm going, I'm I'm trotting along down the track as straight as a pin, smooth, everything. And all right, I'm staying in the back of my mind. This track's really, you know, feels great. You know, as I go through the finish line, I go to, to lean on the brakes just to slow down, and uh, the car makes it. Now, remember, this is on live. You know, my, my family's watching at home. My wife and my young son's in the tower. It's, it, everything always looks worse than when it's at night on top of it. And, and my, here I am. I go into uh, hard left into the guard wall, smack off both walls. And after my bell was rung, I'm not even kidding you, I, was, I said to myself, did that really just happen? And, and uh, that, 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 come on, you guys cannot come up with the worst bad beat as a promoter. <laughs> no. I mean, <laughs> I no, that's, that's about as bad a beat as it gets. <laughs> that was a <laughs> terrible thing. You know, just one of those goofy things that happens on the track. And you had the best of intentions and everything was going great up until that moment. And I, I'll never forget the, how my, stomach turned inside out and i can only imagine what you and kyle are going through i can't well, even what about me yeah on that one pete i, I got nothing <laughs> no, <laughs> no i've been a promoter for a long time no, i got nothing i'm challenging jared and and uh, luke you're also a promoter i'm challenging every other promoter out there to come up with one that that's worse than that that did well, that really just happen bad beat because i could <laughs> tell you guys once i stopped spinning the car around and once i real i realized i was okay i looked up and I said, this is this has to be a nightmare. There is no way that really just happened. <laughs> now, you guys, I've worked for, for both uh, you, Kyle, and, and I've worked for Luke as well. Now, 
I can say that I've just about ruined both of your events uh, myself. <laughs> I, I did a monster wheelie at Galat and nearly all the track downs. Mm-hmm. I thought I busted the oil pan and and I, I wrecked at Luke's race, uh, got in the wall there. So your announcer, uh, both of you had an announcer that's, <laughs> that's was, done some was, damage before. <laughs> I was thinking about that when Pete said, you know, you're, uh, did that really happen moment? And I wasn't going to throw you under the bus there, Jed. But yeah, that was the first thing that came to mind. Did, did, my, <laughs> did my co-announcer just, oh my, oh, oh. where's JJ? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That, that's pretty good. <laughs> that didn't go well either time. Guys, uh, really, thank Jed is Jed is all always about getting the chat bleachers cheering for him, regardless if it's turned the wind light on or crashed or doing a wheelie. Comes back and the chat bleachers are just raving what about it, him. So whatever it takes, about. right? That's whatever <laughs> it exactly. takes. Chat bleachers yep. love. It. Doesn't hold back. Uh, guys, we thank you very much for taking some time to join us, and um, just we know things are going to go very well in Vegas in a couple of weeks at uh, the Spring Fling Million and. Uh, the races that you have throughout the season will follow suit and just really wishing you all the best as you get prepared for the big show in a couple of weeks. Well, thank you guys. Thanks for the opportunity to talk to your racers. And, uh, I can't say more that you guys have, uh, you guys are doing a lot for the sport. I know you guys very well on a personal basis. And I mean, this from the bottom of my heart, just keep doing what you're doing because nobody's doing what you guys are doing right now. And it's great for the sport. Thank you, Peter. Yeah. Hundred percent right, Pete. I can't tell you how many manufacturers and racers that I hear throughout the year that continually rave about the show, and uh, it's very uh, evident that when you listen to it, you guys have your heart and soul into this. So, thank you very much. Well, thank you for buttering us up. I will see yeah. you guys in Vegas. I'm looking forward to it. It's just you guys talked about how far it is. It's I mean, it's like a 20 minute drive from here. So, I'm looking forward to it. I'll see you guys there. <laughs> I feel like I got a home track advantage. So. <laughs> All right, fellas. Good luck. Wishing right, you all right. the best. Great. Thanks again, Thank guys. I get this question all the time. What is This Is Bracket Racing Elite, and how does it work? It's actually a diff- more difficult question to answer than you might think. What I'd recommend overall else is asking some of our current members what they value most about the community. You'll find that you get a lot of different answers, but I'll do my best to briefly explain what the group includes. As a member of This Is Bracket Racing Elite, you get access to every training that we've ever presented. That's over 200 uh, on seemingly every topic you can imagine. But that's not the main benefit. If it was that simple, we'd just write a book or develop a presentation. Within the elite community, you not only get access to myself and Kevin Kevin Brannon in a variety of ways, regular live chats, group discussions, on down the line, but also you get the accountability, the feedback, and the insight from a group of like-minded, not group think by any means. We challenge each other within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, but a group of like-minded racers who are trying to accomplish many of the same things that you are. Is This Is Bracket Racing Elite cheap? No. Is the investment worthwhile? Our members seem to think so. Find out for yourself. There's no obligation beyond the first month of membership. You can give it a try at thisisbracketracing.com. Now taking questions for the Kansas representatives. Please state name and publication. Yeah, Coach uh, Rusty Bolt from uh, Flat Punch Magazine. You, Go ahead, uh, Rusty. Good, good, good. Uh, you guys, uh, obviously, great season. Congratulations. Um, 
I got off to a to a rough start uh, there in the semifinals. Looked like that race was was over before it started. Obviously, a, a little bit uh, tardy on the starting line, perhaps. Um, what uh, what was going through your mind there? What what caused that? What was there distraction involved? Uh, Rusty, I'm not sure what you were seeing uh, on the court, um, but I I got my tickets laid out here in front of me. And as you can see, if you if you were up here, you'd see I was perfect six times during the race. I started out perfect and I ended perfect, triple zero all day. Coach, with with, with all due respect, uh, I, I'm, I mean I, I have the, the the race was on live timing. Uh, you, you were uh, forty six in the in the in the semifinal round. That's that's what I was alluding to. What what happened there? Uh, Rusty, apparently the only thing the only thing you got, Rusty, is your glasses. Um, as you can see here, again, if I could get you up here on the stage, you'd see I was perfect six times in a row. Now, some of these tickets don't look like the other ones because I dropped a brake clean on a couple of them, and one of them sat on the dash for 20 minutes and faded really bad like it would be months old, but it wasn't. I was perfect all day and all night. He just got by me, and that's how it went. Just looking from, I mean, you guys are up there on a, on a press table, Coach, but just looking from here, I mean, the, the, I don't even think all them tickets come from the same timing system. Are those all from, from, from this tournament? Well, they've had some printer trouble, and uh, yeah, it's, the tickets ain't looking just alike every time, but uh, for the most part, I can tell you that I set up triple O, and I've been triple O. All you got to do is look at these tickets, Rusty. Next question. Honey, where are we racing next week? <laughs> It's time to discuss next week's major events, news, updates, releases, and announcements. It's What's on Tap! Man, first off, thanks to the KU Basketball for that last week. I, I never, I'd never dreamed we'd have Bill Self on the podcast. That's good stuff. I got a little testy there. Uh, it was very, uh, he was very defensive. Yeah, well, I mean, the, it, the reporter was prying a little bit, so you gotta... Yeah. I, I, he's coming off a rough loss, you know, I, I see. Yeah, um, I get it. What's on tap, Luke? Yeah, yeah, okay, back to racing. Um, big weekend coming up, a big month coming up, Big Jed, the month of April. You know, last year, okay, let's let's see, the month of April, if you were so ambitious, could start this weekend at the Triple 25s at Darlington, race for twenty five grand every day, mm-hmm, then uh, travel south to Jackson, South Carolina for the Powerball event which I know is a multi-day event, features one huge absorbent person. If you really wanted to get after it, drive from Darlington to Las Vegas for the Spring Fling Million. We actually um, featured or discussed a couple of uh, the racers last year that made that trek from Darlington to Las Vegas. I wonder, to our listeners, if anybody is doing all three, if anybody's going Darlington, Jackson, Vegas, we want to know about that. Like, that's yes. that's... A, you don't have a job, um, and B, like <laughs> that's impressive, right? Like just to, yep, that's me. I know KB's going Darlington, Vegas, but he's PDRA in this weekend. There's probably someone somewhere that is doing all three. We want to hear about it. Um, big month on tap. Huge, lots and lots of money on the big dollar bracket racing scene. We're going to have lots to talk about, Big Jed. And a big weekend coming up this week. Um, 
We mentioned the four-wide development at Vegas. That all comes to a head this weekend with their inaugural uh, four-wide spring event. So that'll yeah. be fun. As we mentioned, Triple 25s at Darlington. There is an event that they're calling the Spring Chiching. I like Love that. It. Love it. Down at uh, Pine Valley in East Texas. And like I said, that leads into Powerball Weekend, Spring Fling Million Weekend. Um, going to be a fun April. Yeah, it's going to be a huge month and always is. Uh, We're wishing for wonderful weather and huge crowds and can't wait to tell the stories as they play out here week to week on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. But as Luke said, if you are trying the Triple Crown uh, at Darlington, and I mean the Darlington, uh, then Jackson, South Carolina, and then Vegas, um, let us know about it, man. What a! It, you said obviously you don't have a job. If you got a job, it's a darn good one, and I would love to throw in an application. So uh, <laughs> holla at your boy. Um, I'm impromptu. We do this from time to time. Give me one winner at Darlington this weekend. Oh goodness! Uh, yeah, jump spot. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I am going to go with uh, Bobby Spence. Ooh, all right. I like mm, that. Bobby. Shout out Bobby Spence. Um, I'll go just because he came through for me last year about this time, not at this event, but I think it was at that facility. Uh, give me Cameron Manuel, a uh, friend of the podcast. Cameron, I, I assume you saw the pictures of his new car? I have not. Wow. Wow. Beautiful new American Race Cars Dragster. Uh, just got done. I believe that uh, he debuted it last weekend. So, uh, and Cameron coming back from uh, that bad wreck at Farmington uh, yeah. last Thanksgiving, several surgeries. I actually talked to him a couple weeks ago. I should have him on the podcast at some point in the future just to detail that road to recovery. That hasn't been an easy one, but it would surprise no one, me included, um, if he uh, turned that around in short order with a win this weekend. So that's my pick. Um In addition to the events on tap, as you listeners know, we use this portion of the show to talk about some of the things in the till within the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast. Um, As you know, we've gotten away as much as we can from a results-oriented show. Like, It's not fun for us. We assume it's not fun for you for us to just read through the finalists from every event that we can gather throughout over the course of a week um as much as i know everybody appreciates the shout out um it's just not a very interesting show but what we do love and what we try to share are stories great stories and great stories happen everywhere not just on the nhra tour not just in the big dollar bracket realm occasionally we get some good content that we can follow up on, that we can get these people on the show, that we can tell their story. But we want more of that. There's lots more good stories than what meets the eye for us. So what we're doing is putting out a challenge to you listeners, whether you're racers or race promoters. If there is a story that gets your attention, that it, whether it's a feel-good story or a comeback story or a like this is all going to heck in a handbasket story, like anything that is notable that you think that you're interested in that you think our listener base would be interested in share that with us. Mark actually just created a, a, a place to do that, basically a, a, a forum so that we can keep things organized on this end, try to follow up and, and present to you some of the stories that stand out to us. Um, we're going to 
post that link in the in the show notes on the Facebook post. So you guys just be aware of that. And if anything comes to mind, absolutely share it with us. And if it uh, if it meets the criteria, and if we've got time for it and room for it, we think it's applicable. We may just tell your story on the podcast. Yeah, definitely, Luke. Uh, great point there, and looking forward to seeing some of those stories because there are hundreds and hundreds of great stories out there each year, and we love to hear, you know, the rags to riches type situations where things weren't going well and then they ended well, or whatever story you got. Someone's first big win, whatever it is. So make sure you get to that link when Mark gets it posted and Save let your us bad know. Beat stories though, we don't we don't need all that. Yeah, we're over those. Yeah. Let us know what your your great racing stories are and. Uh, First, want to say thanks. the The retro phrase uh, idea that uh, that we had is getting a lot of attention. You guys are blowing that up on the Facebook page, on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page. Thank you for that. Getting texts from guys. Uh, really looking forward to that. And there's going to be a future show where we'll try to tie that into a, a fun segment or two and and talk more about those retro phrases. But keep them coming. We appreciate you, what you've done so far and. Just love reading them, so keep those coming to the Facebook page. Yeah, good. Stuff. I don't think we can get a retro phrases presser going, can we? Because <laughs> there was some there was some footage from 1983. Do I feel that coming on? <laughs> uh, I don't know. We'll figure it out because we're we're dumb enough. We'll we'll get it done. <laughs> if you doubted that before and you've gotten to this point in the episode, you have no doubt that we are dumb enough. <laughs> <laughs> Most fun episode ever, by the way. So, but unfortunately, it's coming to an end. Uh, we, we're wrapping up this episode of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in and, and playing the game with us. It was a great time. I want to say thanks to our uh, guests, Peter Biondo and Kyle Seipel. I want to say thanks to the great sponsors that bring the podcast to you each week. Seabrook Performance, the Great American Bracket Race, and this is Bracket Racing Elite. Shout out, Windows Open. Ah, shout out, PJ North. Shout out, Corey Galetti. Um, shout out, Corey Collier. And, I mean, <laughs> shout out, Will Castillo. Oh, yeah. And Crosby, shout out Crosby, North Dakota. There so you go. Got to get it in again. So thanks, uh, thanks, PJ. Obviously, man, we appreciate your work. Um, you don't just pencil whip it, so to speak. You put your heart and soul into it, and we thank you for the for making the show better with your work. And want to encourage everybody to go out there and and listen to PJ's music. He's all about racing. He's got some other music. You can find him wherever you find your music, and uh, hopefully you support this guy because he's doing his part to give back to racing as well. And be sure, guys, tell us what you think. Message us on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page, uh, or you can catch up with Luke and I both on Twitter. He is at Luke Bogacki, B-O-G-A-C-K-I. And I am at JP11X. Thank you, Mark Romeo, for your part in today's shenanigans. And again, appreciate all you guys listening. Look forward to talking to you again next week. Banging on the door, bump, bump, bump until I get it in. Attitude like I am already winning in. Foot breaking in anything. Bottom bobbing for a 10. I'm rolling in the cutty switching feet like Jerry. All right, guys, as promised, uh, joining us now, two guys that uh, we we love a lot, uh, very successful on and off the track, but I guess uh, becoming most well-known now for promoting uh, some premier bracket races from coast to coast, the guys that own and run 
the spring fling and fall fling series. Pete Biondo and Kyle Seipel. Guys, thanks for joining us tonight. Hey, hey, Jared, hold on. I think we got to start this over again. <laughs> <laughs> I think I figured out. Can you can you hear me? Can you hear me pretty good now or no? Yeah, yeah, you sound good. I was thinking while Jed was introducing you that somebody might have been dying in New York. So that's cool. I'm, I'm ready to start. I didn't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what what about now? You hear me good now? Yeah, you yeah, sound very good, good now. All right, perfect. You, we're good now. <laughs> we want to start what a, what a tremendous in, introduction he did, too. Now he's got to redo it. Oh, my goodness, yeah. I hope you got all of that, Mark. That's going in the out rolls. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to have to say good yeah. things about y'all twice, but I guess I will. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is at each event, there are a hundred plus entries. There's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.